We're going to pick it up there in Psalm 145, so make sure you have that open. Uh, Today there's going to be some things that you're going to want to uh, highlight and to write down. And uh, for almost three years, we've been walking through the lectionary. It's a decision that we made uh, as a leadership team three years ago, uh, not to do topical sermons or series, but to walk through the lectionary because the lectionary breaks the Bible down for a three-year period, and you get the Gospels, the Psalms, the Old Testament, the New Testament. We made that decision, and, and again, there's nothing wrong with uh, preaching a different way or from series or topics or anything like that, but we just made that decision, and we're, we're coming to the end of that three-year time period that we have been in, uh, in that. And so maybe if you're new to Christian life, you're like, do you ever have a series, or is it just, you know, every week? And we just take the scriptures that come every week. But with all the um, craziness in our world, and being a spirit-led church, I always want to ask God, God, what do you want to speak to our congregation? That, and there's nothing wrong with the lectionary, but it was written hundreds and hundreds of years ago. Maybe, um, maybe God, you have something you want to say this week that's a little different. Maybe, God, you want me to speak to an issue or something that has come up in society, and, and yet it's interesting, every week I go to the lectionary and I look at the passages, it's like uh, the Lord is speaking, no, we're going we're gonna to talk about this right now. And so when I looked in the lectionary and I saw one, Psalm 145, I was like, that's it, that's what we're going to talk about this week, the Holy Spirit just kind of um, shot it into my soul, and, and let me explain why, it's because of this, I know as I look around, a lot of people are going through an awful lot. I know that. I, I see the prayer requests. I talk to you. I know how heavy a load so many people are carrying right now. And I understand that our world is completely out of control. And it's sometimes when things aren't right in our life or in the world, it's time to put our eyes on God and who He is. And stop fixing our gaze upon our situation or the situation of our world and take a a long, good look at God. And that's what Psalm 145 does. It explains who God is. It prophetically speaks to the character of God. And there's some special things about this psalm that you may not know. And so Psalm 145 is a special psalm because it's the only psalm with this title, A Song of Praise. Now, there's 150 psalms, and and it's all praise to God, but this is the only one that gets the title, A Song of Praise. It's the last psalm that David will write in the book of Psalms. He wrote most of the psalms, and this will be the last one of David, and it's not the most popular psalm. It's not like Psalm 23, but it is the most recited psalm in Jewish worship. The Jews in their worship of the Lord recite this psalm more than any other because it speaks of God's goodness from generation to generation. It speaks of the character of God, and there's a quote I love from A.W. Tozer, and it's this, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. What comes into your mind when you think about God? What I love about God's Word is that He tells us exactly who He is in His Word. You don't have to guess. You don't have to wonder. He says, no, this is who I am. 
And so we can go and look and see who God is in his own words. And even though this psalm says the greatness of God is unsearchable, basically telling us our little minds couldn't comprehend how great God is. But David says, here's a few things that you can comprehend about the greatness of God. And so we're going to look at seven verses. And I'm like you, if you have your Bibles out, to either highlight these or underline them or write them down so that you can study them because this is who God is. And allow God's Word in this crazy moment in which we live just to wash over and cleanse your soul today. In verse 8, Psalm 145, it says, The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, abounding in, uh, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. So if you look at that verse right there, that is the most common refrain of God's character throughout the Old Testament. The idea that God is gracious, he's merciful, he's slow to anger, which means he's patient and he's abounding in love. So that's the refrain that comes in Exodus 34. That's the first time it shows up. That's when, when God passes by Moses on the mountain God hadn't done that since Adam. No one had seen the Lord, and Moses says, God, I want to see you. And God passes by, and God could have done anything in that moment. He could have shot lightning and thunder and earthquakes and could have shouted, but the Bible says that when God passed by, he says, I am gracious, I am merciful, I am patient, I am abounding in love. God says, I want you to know exactly who I am. That's who I am. I'm merciful. I'm gracious. I'm patient. I'm, I'm full of love. This is what is said by God in his own words and then repeated through the Psalms, repeated through the prophets, throughout the Old Testament. God is saying, this is who I am. And so the question for you is, is this what comes to mind when you think about God? When you think about God, you say, yeah, he's so gracious. He's so merciful. He, he just, he's so patient with me. He's so full of love. He smiles every time he looks at me. That verse is the heart of God. That's God's heart for you. The next verse is, is in verse 9. It says, the Lord is good to all and his mercy is over all that he made. God cares for you. He cares for all of his creation. I think so many people look at God and they think he's harsh. I think he's out to get them, that he's out to destroy the world. They, they picture God that way. But listen, that's not God. God cares for you. He cares for this world. You know what destroys you and destroys this world? Sin. Evil. The devil. He came to steal, kill, and destroy. God did not come to destroy you. God came to give you life. He cares for you. He cares for creation. That is the heart of God. God is good and his love endures forever. He is not harsh. He cares for you. I think of it like, um, uh, like a stream of, of water. When we were dropping Matthew off uh, in Colorado, we went up to the mountains and we were walking through a mountain pass and, and this, um, this like river was flowing and it was just the, the cleanest water, the coldest water. And, and it probably was just moments before ice or, or snow, and now it was flowing down the mountain. 
I remember seeing that and the purity of that water, and I got the, the, the verse in my head that, that my, my mercies are new every morning, where God says his mercy is new every morning, and that that stream is just going to keep flowing as that ice and snow melts, and, and then when that ice and snow melts, more ice and snow will come. You know, it's just it's this constant flowing. It never stops. God's goodness, his kindness, his love, it's just flowing, and it won't stop. That's who God is. What comes to your mind when you think about God? David's telling us in the psalm, you need, to, you need to think this way. Look at the next verse. In verse 13, it says, The Lord is faithful in all his words and kind in all his works. He's faithful. If there is one word to describe God, it's faithful. I don't know about you, but when they started singing, Great is thy faithfulness this morning, I'm just like, yes, God. Thank you. You are faithful through every decade, through every generation. Uh, Lord, you have been faithful. You are always faithful. God is faithful. He tells us that in his word. And yet, the enemy is going to try to convince you every day of your life that God isn't faithful, that God's forgotten about you, that God doesn't care about you. But nothing could be further from the truth. You go back to what God says in his word, that he is faithful to his word. And so I have to say, God, I'm taking you at your word. Not how I think, not what the enemy is telling me, not what the world's telling me. God, you are faithful. And so my prayers become prophetic as I think through what God is telling me in his word. That even if I feel like, oh, I don't know where I'm at with God. God, you are gracious you are merciful. God, you are patient with me. God, you smile every time you look at me. God, you're faithful to me. God, you are abounding in love to me. And we pray those prayers because that's who God is. He's faithful in all his words. The next verse, in verse 14, the Lord upholds all those who are falling and raises up all who are bowed down. God is not out to destroy you. He's out to save you. That's the heart of God. And, and sometimes when we're feeling overwhelmed and we're feeling like we're broken or brokenhearted or crushed, that, that, that's the moment God's just going to come in and, and, and that'll be the end. And nothing could be further from the truth. If you look at that, that passage of Scripture, those who are falling, he, he raises up. If you're bowed down, he, he lifts you up. God is close to those who are broken. He is close to the brokenhearted. He, he's not going to squash you. Instead, he's going to actually build you up. And when we come to God in that brokenness, you can be honest about your brokenness. You can be honest about how you're feeling through this season of time here uh, as, we, as we face this pandemic and whatever's happened in your life and in your family and in your job. You can say, God, I just don't know. It feels so overwhelming. We give it to God and he lifts us up. That's the heart of God. He's going to lift you up during this time. That's the heart of God. In verse 17, it says, The Lord is righteous in all his ways, kind in all his works. That verse basically says whatever God does is right. God's always going to do the right thing, and he's always going to be kind to you. God is always going to be kind to you. Do you know that there's power in kindness? Do you know that our world needs some kindness right now? We need the kindness of God. We, we, we have to, and if you say, that's not how the world works, Daryl, it might work that way in the church, but it doesn't work that way in the world. It does. Because one of the number one movies last year was about Mr. Rogers. And he was kind. 
is kind to children, to adults, everyone he met. Whether they deserved it or not, he was kind. And there was power in that kindness. There was power in how he lived his life. God is kind towards you. He's tender-hearted towards you. He's right towards you. And so know that there's power in that kindness of God. In verse 18, it says, The Lord is near to all who call on him. All who call on him in truth. That when you call on God, when you cry out to him, he's close to you. He will listen to you. He will hear your prayers. He's going to be near to you. You say that prayer, he's already on his way. He's already on the way to help you. We need to just go and, and go to him. And, and let's not just go to God when we need something, right? God, I'm kind of in a jam, so I need you. Now, he'll still listen. He'll still come. But how many of you have that friend or relative that only comes to you when they need something? You know, it's, it's not always the best. We need to go to God for who he is. We just need to, to, to go to him, to offer ourselves to him, to go to him. Because all God wants is relationship. And he, and he says, I'll be near to all who call on him. Call on him every single day of your life. Call on the God who loves you. In verse 20, it says, The Lord preserves all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. God will preserve all who love him. God's got you. He's faithful from generation to generation. God is faithful. But in this verse, we see a a choice that needs to be made. It says, those who love him. Those who call upon him. We've, We've looked at all these things for God, and it's for those who go to him. And so you have a a choice today. The choice is up to you. Are you going to love God or are you going to love this world? Are you going to love what He has for you or are you going to just love your life? Are you going to do things God's way or are you going to do things your way? See, that's the question that you have to ask. Which way am I going to go? Every single day we have to ask that question. Now we have to answer the big question, am I going to follow God with my life? Am I going to believe that he died on a cross for my sins, that I'm forgiven of my sins? Just as we had communion this morning and we, we remembered what Jesus did for us, that's the big yes. Maybe we pray that prayer after a service and we give our heart to God, or maybe we did it at a conference or a convention or a camp, and we, we said yes to God, that big yes, but the rest of our life should be yeses every single day. Not just the big yes, but the little yeses every day. Yes, Lord. I love you more than I love my life. I, I want your way more than I want my way. That I, I will love you, Lord, with all of my heart. That, that yes, every single day, yes, God, you are who you say in your word, and I will call on you. That we would say yes to God in every moment of our life. There was a king of Judah by the name of Amaziah, and you probably don't know much about Amaziah, and that's okay because there's not much about his life recorded, but there is a verse that when I read it, I just it's one of the most tragic verses in the Old Testament. In 2 Chronicles 25, 2, it says, And he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, yet not with a whole heart. He said the big yes, okay, God, I'll follow you. But after the big yes, the rest of his life was a total disaster. That if you do not follow God with a whole heart, 
you'll end up like Amaziah. And Amaziah was the 2020 kings of Judah. I mean, started off great, it turned into a nightmare afterwards. As he took God's people into idolatry and they lost battle after battle and God departed from the land and and brought ultimate destruction because he didn't have a full heart after God. And, 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 And God's looking for you to have a heart after him Every single day. Watchman Nee said this, that attempting to follow God without denying yourself is the root of all failures. We have to say, yes, God, I know who you are in your word, and so I lay my life down. I lay my way down. I'm not going to pretend to play God because, God, your greatness is so great, it's unsearchable. I can't even figure it all out. But, God, I know you're God and I'm not. I know you're good and I'm not. I know that your way is the best way. And that we would get our eyes off of ourselves and off of this world and onto God and just say, okay, God, it's your way. I deny myself, I follow you. Not half-heartedly, but wholeheartedly. So what is the response to God's word? As it was preached to us by David through this psalm, how should we respond? Well, how did David respond? This psalm is a song of praise. If you remember the video that we started with before he ever talks about who God is, he's just saying, God is great and greatly to be praised. I will extol the Lord. He's just praising, praising, praising God. And that should be our response as well. That when we look at the greatness of God, that it would turn to worship and prayer. That we would just say, God, we are living a life of worship and a life of prayer to you. Uh, and, and just as David had a heart after God, we'll have a heart after God. In response to his goodness, it is worship and it is prayer. And as David goes through the psalm and begins to walk through it, there are things, three things that, that keep coming up that we should love God and fear God and seek God. Those, those thoughts keep coming up as he talks. And, and when we love God and fear God and seek God, he, David says that God will be our Savior that God will be our refuge, that God will be our peace. If you need any of those things today, if you need a Savior, if you need some refuge in your life, if you need some peace, go to the God who is great and greatly to be praised. David then talks about how he'll respond to the greatness of God. And he uses these action words for worship and for prayer. And these are the words that he uses. David says, I will extol, I will bless, I will praise, I will commend, I will declare, I will meditate, I will sing, I will speak, I will tell. Because my God is so good, I can't stop talking about my God. I can't stop talking to him or others. I can't stop talking to my spirit man. I can't stop talking about the greatness of my God. That he is gracious and merciful and patient and full of love. And when we take these verses, these seven verses, and you highlight them in the Bible, and you don't know what to pray, just begin to pray those prayers prophetically. Just begin to pray, God, I know you are all these things and so much more that my mind can't even comprehend. And so, God, you said it in your word. I believe it in my heart. You are faithful to your word, God. And hold that for your life and for your family's life. And just begin to declare it and declare God's praise. If you look at the very last verse of the psalm in verse 21, that very last verse, and think about it, it's not just the last verse of this psalm, this will be the last verse David writes. This is the last verse of David in the psalms, the last verse of David in the entire Bible. The last verse he writes is this, my mouth will speak the praise of the Lord and let all flesh bless his holy name forever 
and ever. I bet you David would just put an exclamation point on the end of that, that my mouth will speak the praise of God. That this week, allow your mouth to speak the praise of God. Tell the whole world. Tell yourself. Tell your family. Speak the praise of God and let all flesh bless His holy name forever and ever and ever. Amen. Would you bow your heads and your hearts with me this morning? We're going to pray a quick prayer, and uh, we always want to spend a little time in prayer at the end of the service, and then we are going to sing one more time, Great is Thy Faithfulness. I want to tell you, God is faithful. He is good. He is great. God told us in His Word who He is. That should be what comes to our mind when we think about God. And if it isn't, it's time to make that change today. It's time to say, yes, Lord, I believe Your Word. I believe what You say in Your Word. So, Lord, today we offer ourselves up to you as David did, that our mouth will speak the praise of the Lord, that from generation to generation you will be praised, that all flesh will bless your holy name, because, God, you are good and you are great. You are faithful. You are mighty. God, you are full of grace and mercy. God, thank you for being patient with us. Thank you for abounding in love for us. May we remember that together as we worship you one more time before we go.